Saints and Philadelphia Eagles. Denton's twin brother, Gardner Minshew, is getting the start here against the New Orleans Saints. Philly's six and a half point favorites. Andy Dalton, Denton, has lost 13 consecutive starts straight up versus teams that allow fewer than 21 points per game, like the Eagles defense does. Now he's four and nine against the spread but he is 0-13 in his last 13 starts. The spread's actually down to six now. The spread's been all over the place this week. I I have no idea what to do with this game. I think you just play an an eagle teaser leg and just tease them down to the money line, minus 250, and that's how you play it, and you parlay them with something else. Ah, If I had to make a choice, I guess I'd play the Saints plus six, but... I really don't like this game at all from a betting perspective. You know, I think what's lost on a lot of people, because when you think of the Saints, you know, I think a lot of people think of Andy Dalton losing football games. But defensively, they're a really strong unit. I mean, that's one thing that the NFC South uh, has this season. Tampa Bay has a good defense. Carolina has a good defense. New Orleans has a good defense. I would love to see my long-lost twin, Gardner Minshew, do two things. I'd love to see him bleach his hair because that's what all the cool kids do nowadays. And I would love to see him put up a lot of points for the Philadelphia Eagles. They have the offensive firepower to do so. It's just tough. If this game was in New Orleans, I think I'd be rolling with the Saints to cover this. But because it's in the link and you can not only just clinch the NFC East, you can just about put the the first round by out of reach with seeing as how Jalen Hurts is currently not playing right now and you want to give him as much time as he can to get healthy. I think I'm going to roll with Philadelphia here to cover the five and a half. I think this is one of those games where a late touchdown puts this not only just out of reach, but gives you the late cover for the Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles five and a half probably could definitely could be the right side. I mentioned maybe just teasing the Eagles six point down to the money line. They are 14 and one this season with six point teasers, which is the best in the NFL. Also, the Saints, they're seven and one in their last eight games to the under total currently 41 and a half. You want to look at taking another under for the Saints, potentially. Browns and Commanders square off in a huge game for the Commanders. Denton, as you well know, if the Commanders win out, they are in the playoffs. They have Cleveland this week, and they have Dallas at home next week. They are two-point favorites at home against the Browns this week. The total is 40 and a half in this game. Nick Ashew and I were talking about this game, and I think we both agree our favorite play in this game is Brian Robinson over 80 and a half rushing yards. He's had 50 or more rushing yards in six straight games. You're going up against one of the worst run defenses in football. Carson Wentz is back in there, so you don't want him to be Superman. They're going to ease him into it. I'm sure Rivera's game plan is going to be to run the football, lean on the defense, because ever since Watson's been back for the Browns, that offense has been doing nothing. I think this is a big Brian Robinson game. I would take his over 80 and a half rushing yards. I would take his over 17 and a half rushing attempts. And I would call it a day because I do not like the spread in this game. And I do not like the total either. So I, I heart hedged here and I took the Browns to cover the spread just to, just, you know, just to get some sort of positivity out of my Sunday. Yeah. Um, so you, you said something that I found very interesting. Uh, you hope that Scott Turner does not try and play Superman now that Carson Wentz is here. You would hope. That's my biggest fear because Scott Turner, when Carson Wentz w- was active for the first six games, 
really loved throwing the football. Now, there was no Brian Robinson because of the shooting incident for most of that. And by the time Brian Robinson did come back, he was slowly integrating himself back into the offense. But my fear with this Washington offense is that Scott Turner is going to try and get a little too cute now that Carson's back because Scott Turner likes throwing the football. All offensive coordinators do. I shouldn't say all. Most offensive coordinators love getting sexy and throwing the ball and putting up these gaudy numbers. So my fear is that they're going to get a little too trigger happy with Carson Wentz. And the thing about Wentz is that differs mainly from Taylor Heineke is the lack of mobility. And with Miles Garrett coming up against this offensive line, if you just drop Carson Wentz back 30, potentially four, I mean, if they drop Carson Wentz back 40 times, I'm going to have a bad Sunday. I'm going to have a bad Sunday because I know nothing good is happening. You, I need balance in this. I need Carson Wentz to throw the ball 25 times. I need him to throw the ball 25 times. I need Brian Robinson to have 20 carries, which would go over your bet for number of carries. If he carries the ball 20 times, he's going for 100 yards. You can put that down and guarantee it. I need Jonathan Williams to carry the ball a couple times. I think the rushing offense for the commanders is the way to go. With all that being said, though, I don't think Carson Wentz plays terrible. I think he plays good. Not great, but I think he plays good. He certainly doesn't play terrible. I think he has at least two touchdowns. Did you like the decision to start Wentz this week over Heineke? I I would have I would have made that same decision as well. Just based off of what we'd seen from Taylor Heineke, the magic had faded. The train had come to an end, and BT Potter uh, in the Clemson game finally made a field goal. Hooray for him! Uh, but to to the the question, yes, I w- I would have went with Carson Wentz just to just to see what he could provide offensively. Yeah, oof. you mentioned that field goal by BT Potter. That was way too close. <laughs> it was 31 yards away. And he and, snuck oh, it in. and he snuck it in the left and the big sigh of relief there. So that is a 14-3 game as Tennessee takes the lead <laughs> the over sign Clemson. Sign of relief Dabo from Davos. Is just so happy. <laughs> Hallelujah and everything. All right, Jags and the Texans. Jacksonville is down to three-point favorites against the Texans this week. Total is 43. Trevor Lawrence, 5-11 against the spread on the road in his career. I didn't want anything to do with this game, Denton. There's just so much unknown. The Jags are in the same spot the Titans are. This game this week means nothing. Your whole season is next week at home against Tennessee. Sounds like everybody's going to play. Lawrence is going to play ETN, the receivers, the defense. Peterson wants to keep him out there. You're going against a Texans team that's been playing really good football over the last three weeks. Should have beaten Dallas. Should have beaten Kansas City. And uh, and they defeated the Titans last week. So here they are, three-point dogs at home to the Jags. What are you doing in this game? I, I like Jacksonville here. I think Trevor Lawrence, um, I came across a stat. Trevor Lawrence since week nine, I mean, the gear shifted. He, he's just been playing at a different level. Now, there was that one weird game. I think it was against Detroit uh, where he kind of shifted down a little bit. And you're like, well, this isn't the Trevor Lawrence we'd seen the past couple of weeks. But I think he's really starting to get into a rhythm. Mm-hmm. And I think the Doug Peterson hire is really looking smart for the Jaguars now. It took a couple of weeks for everybody to get on the same page. But now that you are, you're seeing the talent in Trevor Lawrence. You're seeing why we called this dude a generational talent. Sometimes I feel like that gets thrown around too often uh, because generations are actually long periods of time. So having generational talents in back-to-back years or two out of three years seems odd. But you're starting to see why Trevor Lawrence uh, was hyped up to the extent that he was. And I really like what Jacksonville is doing offensively. So I'm rocking with the Jazz to cover the three, or the Jacks, excuse me, to cover the three here. I think you see another really impressive performance from Trevor Lawrence. 
I don't know what I want to do in this game. I've gone back and forth. Again, there's just so much unknown with Jacksonville. Like, yes, they could start, but do they play the first quarter? Do they play the first half? Like, I just, I don't know. There's too much unknown for me to to attack this game. So I'm going to stay away, but I'll be rooting for the Jags for you, minus three, <laughs> since you like them, Denton. All right, next game we got is San Francisco and the Raiders. And this is a fascinating game, obviously, because Jared Stidham is going to be starting for the Raiders. Everything going on with Derek Carr, and he's not going to be with the team these final two weeks. He's going to have a different home next season. You got San Francisco, who's just rolling right now. The spread was at six and a half. It went up to 10. Now it's at nine and a half. The Raiders allowed 23.3 points per game this season, ranks bottom third in the NFL. Since getting Christian McCaffrey, the Niners are 8-0 straight up and 7-1 and against the spread. They have been fantastic. What are you doing in Niners-Raiders? Well, right now, I think we should begin a, a prayer circle for Jared Stidham because welcome to 2022. Go face off against Nick Bosa, youngster. And this is going to be your tape for the year to see if you can really cut it or if Josh McDaniels is going to go balls to the wall to go get Tom Brady out of Tampa. I mean, I feel terrible for the kid because Nick Bosa is going to have a field day. I think Nick Bosa is... I, I'm, I, if I'm in Nick Bosa's shoes, I'm looking at this game as how can I boost my sack numbers? Because I, ju I just don't know how comfortable Jared Stidham is going to be in the, in the offense that they're running, and will he be able to get the ball out of his hands quick enough before Nick Bosa can get there? After watching him up close and personal last week, it really does feel like he can just decide he's getting to the quarterback on any given play. Like He's like, you know what? I'm getting a sack on this play, and then he's right there in the quarterback's ear hole. It's amazing how good he is. That nine and a half number is huge. And I try and stay away from double digit lines in the NFL just because it's not the same setup as it is in college. Like the talent gap is not as wide as we see regularly in college. But I think I'm going to roll with the 49ers to cover the nine and a half here against the Raiders. They're they're just too good of a football team and the Raiders are are not. It just, man, it just feels so easy to take a San Francisco. And maybe it is that easy. You got the best defense in football going against Stidham in a spot like this. Brock Purdy has been playing such good football. The big thing with him is we want to see what he does when he's trailing. It's been comfortable for him so far. They've had a lead. They've been able to lean on the run game. And Shanahan's been using him in the play action. And he's been getting Kittle involved. We still got to remember, too, he's been doing this really without Debo Samuel as well. Right. It's just, it's ridiculous. The Raiders are 6-2 and two against the spread in their last eight home games. Obviously, all of that was with Derek Carr. At quarterback, I, I, Denton, I don't know, man. I mean, that Steelers loss after the comments Josh Jacobs made felt like it might have been the last straw for that locker room. Just not good vibes there with, with the Raiders. If I had to play the game, probably lean San Francisco minus nine and a half, but I just don't feel good about it because I know it, everybody's going to be. It's up. such a large number. And oh, I, it's The public's going to be all over it. So yeah. I, I I try to take a more contrarian approach to to some of these games, but I just, I can't see Stidham against this Niners defense going out there and just playing average. I, I, I just, I just can't wrap my head around that possibility. You know, and I just feel, too, like I, I fear that the Raiders have maybe quit a little bit. Like, they know McDaniels is going to be their coach next season. Josh Jacobs wants out of there. Devontae Adams, the only reason he came back was, or he came over, was to play with his best friend, Derek Carr. Poor Devontae. I mean, he's getting a big check, so I can't feel too bad for the guy. 
but he came to play. He left Aaron freaking Rodgers to play with Derek Carr, and now Derek Carr is like, yo, bro, I, I'm not going to be here next year. Now, Brady comes in like you can salvage that yeah. because you go from Aaron Rodgers uh, to Derek Carr and then to Tom Brady. Like, there's a huge jump there, but, yep. uh, I mean, man, that guy, he took it. He bet on himself. He won the bet financially, but on the field, he did not win the bet. He did not win the bet, and uh, just a disappointing season for the Raiders, officially eliminated from playoff contention after the Titans lost to Dallas last night, so they will not make the postseason. 